Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. Yeah, you know, Baka! 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 Baka. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We are an anime podcast where every two weeks we come together and talk about an anime like we're in a book club with that kind of format. And then we turn our discussion over to you and the listener in our comment sections to take what we begin and make it better. Fill us in. Tell us what we're wrong. Tell us what we're right. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. That's the format of the show. And to do it, I need the help of my co-host. First off, with his anime choice to let you know his taste in anime when we review this one. I remember it this time. <laughs> he's the yin to my yang. It's Jeremy. I'm the feminine one? <laughs> okay. This got weird I real guess. fast. <laughs> if you have to ask, then yeah. Oh, I get oh, Okay. Um, so my pick is Gantz. There are so many similarities, right? Like you were talking earlier about how just having everybody on an island means that you can have this infusion of lots of different characters. Gantz. Gantz. Right there. You know, you got all these people that are dead. Well, what if more people die? Oh, they're they're there now. Awesome. Uh, and also, you know, you never know which characters are going to live and die. There's it's it's just really good. And the stakes are just really high. Yeah. So Gantz, if you if you can stomach the violence. Uh, and it's got a couple sex scenes. Um, it's it's really worth watching. <laughs> also, quick note. The show just started. I know we do appreciate it, but you can just steal my idea. You don't have to tell people they missed out on something. Just just take it. It's fine. Oh, well, no, no, It's no, so it's... weird to say you previously said, but we've been rolling for like two minutes. No, I thought it was a good idea. Give credit where it's due. <laughs> All right. We also have the wing to my wang. It's Jason. <laughs> okay, I love that. <laughs> I prefer number wing. That's a deep cut. Um, I don't know that one. Anyways, two, 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 two people are clapping right now, right? <laughs> uh, well, no, it's pretty, it's pretty popular <laughs> show in Britain from the early two thousands. Anyways. Uh, my pick this week is going to be a Kame Ga Kill. I like it. I really like that anime. I know some people thought it was got a little cheesy at the end, but I just, but yeah, but I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. And my name is Troy, and that was Jason's chair squeaking, I promise. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> and my anime pick, I'm going to pick uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Because the the next season has been out, I've been watching it. We reviewed the first season. I really liked it then. Um, but you know, a shonen with horror themes that seems to be very popular mm. these days. And and I'm liking. I, I I finished the the flashback part, and now they're on to the back to the current plot. But Jujutsu Kaisen, yeah, that's a good one for me. They, did they do the flashbacks during combat, or did they? Did they? The, they they did an arc of back when Gojo was in in Jujutsu school, basically mm, mm-hmm. the, the mission where everything went wrong, kind of thing. But they they didn't do it while people were waiting. Nope, nope, nope. It okay. was just straight 
straight up like, hey, <laughs> what if this show was taking place in a different period of time? And then we'll jump okay. back later. That's cool. Uh, I like that. What do we do next? Introduce the host to do preamble, animate taste example, non-spoiler uh, review of. Oh yeah, we, we've done this before, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even told them what anime we watched. We watched Hell's Paradise. They probably know that because they they clicked and it's in yeah. the title. But we watched so. Hell's Paradise, <laughs> which has a Japanese name that I'm not going to try to say. So now with our non-spoiler review, Jeremy will take it away. Uh. This is a really cool anime where uh, a bunch of criminals and oh wait no it's not a description it's a review, um, yeah. So <laughs> I really liked it. I thought this was we really have done cool. this before. <laughs> I know this is great. It's gonna be a great night. One um, of us took a week vacation though and threw everything out of whack. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, I see. I see what it is. <laughs> Blame you. Um. So uh. So I really liked it. This is what I'm looking for in a shonen. Uh, give me some kind of really strange, weird, even uh, alien environment and tell your story there. Uh, because I think in most shonen that I've seen, at least the environment is just so relatable or it's something that I've seen so frequently. This doesn't do that. It plays with some really interesting ideas and it ties it to the theme. So I know Troy's going to like that. And <laughs> and yeah. it's got. Yeah, and it's got so much complexity, and um, yeah, it the characters uh, they're good, good enough, but to me, like the real star is the environment, the island, the idea. All right, Jason, what'd you think? I really enjoyed this anime. Um, one of my favorite things about it is the philosophy, and like Jeremy said, the Give me a shonen where not only do I care about the characters, but like there's some stakes. There's some gravity to the actions of the characters. Um, not only is the location fantastic and nearly a character of itself, but you know, it, it's pretty clear that the main characters are not going anywhere. But any anywhere besides those, anyone else besides those two, I have no idea if they're going to die or not. And that's just fantastic storytelling. Um, so, yeah, I'm really uh, excited for the next season because it just it ended too soon. It was one of those. So, yeah, very happy with it. For me, I it, it got me at the end. Um, I, I really liked it. it. I agree with Jeremy about like the locale, just the ideas it was presenting was really good. I do think the shonenness of it is its weakest element. I think it actually drags the show down a little bit. Um, even though I have really nice things to say about the shonen parts, I, I do feel like I, there are certain, certain parts I felt were clunky in the storytelling. And I felt like it was cause it was trying to fit into the shonen mold. This, this is a manga have that come from shonen jump. So it's not, it has to be a shonen. And I did feel trying to fit those molds at occasion at times just felt off from the rest of the story, which is so good. Concept is great. I think the weakest part is the characters, and we'll get into that when we talk about the characters. There's there was no one that really super stood out to me, or I was super like these are great characters, but the the idea and concepts are so good. Um, I was totally wrong. 
I'm not saying they're they were bad characters either. They just they felt very generic shonen characters again, which I think is the weakest part of the anime. I think it, I think you got something there. It would have been really cool if it was a sign-in, like if it went to the next age group. Yeah, I think they could have done something really really cool. Not that this isn't good because obviously we really like it. Yeah, but I think it would have been really interesting if they did that. I got done with the final episode and I was like, I, I want the next season now. I want to keep going. Yeah. Um, which a lot of times I'm like, okay, uh, it'll be interesting to know what happens. But if I never see another episode, I'm not going to be upset. I, I'm probably going to watch this whether we do it or not for myself. Yeah. Okay. So that's our non-spoiler review. Now we need to talk about our thoughts on the opening. Who cares about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just no. listened to it during How your pre-review scary. just now. That's why I was muted. <laughs> I was I was kidding, guys. I love the OP too. But you you go on. So why good. do you love the OP? <laughs> well, the music number one, like the music is fantastic for the OP. Absolutely love it. It gets you, it gets me every single time. But also the imagery in it is like it gives you a glimpse of what's going on and what's upcoming. Like just the way that it plays with the flowers and. Um, it just makes me so curious. Yeah, the imagery is just insane. Like when you get those two heads that are like screaming as they're merging together into a flower ball thing and you got giants walking like when you see this kind of stuff, you, you know that you're in for a real treat when it comes to the environment, like something mind boggling is going to happen, happen, something really weird. And it also showcases the characters really well. Um, I think it gives a little bit of a spoiler. At least with one character, yeah, I think it shows it him dead. <laughs> I was I was a little sad about that, but um, otherwise I have nothing but praise for it. Uh, same here. The music was fantastic. The visuals were phenomenal, especially that opening scene. Just kind of hits you nearly every time the anime, the, the show starts. Um, yeah, I was really really happy with it. I actually agree with everything you said. The only thing I'll add about the the ending is while it wasn't like grabbing me, um, whereas the opening really kind of gets you excited and pumped up for the the start, uh, the ending kind of settles you back down and like mm. has a more mellow tone. What are you What are you saying? Are you seeing contradiction there? Are you, are you <laughs> saying you have an active intro and a passive outro? Okay, actually, I'm. Uh, hold on. Note to the audience. Note to the. I didn't tell you guys this, but I'm making a executive decision as the guy who has to write notes for this anime. Tonight, the word dichotomy is banned because people will die from the drinking game. Yes. Find another oh, word. On. <laughs> we'll that kill somebody. And everything is a dichotomy. In the anime. Yes. <laughs> I honestly, um, I was like thinking of things I wanted to say about it, and I came up with dichotomy like four times. I was like, "No, we got to ban the word. It cannot happen." <laughs> Sound like broken records by the time it's over. I will say one thing I appreciated about the ED was in a lot of these animes, especially where there's like some hyper violence, you'll you'll go from these terrible, like intense cliffhangers to this like. Upbeat, boppy, yeah. where we're just coming yeah. to the outro and all the people are like in these cool poses. And it's like, I was not ready for that, and uh-huh. nor was it appropriate. This ED was just kind of, yeah, you're right. It was like brings you down. Like, even if there's like really intense action going on, 
the way the music starts, the like stills that it shows are just kind of like reminds you, hey, it'll be okay. <laughs> it's like comforting you. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, one more thing. One thing I want to point out um, that really struck me in the opening, the uh, the wife character mm. and then the doors closing. And then the doors have the picture of the island, just the symbology of the more doors and more doors and distance growing of the island on the doors. Oh, I love that shot. That's so good. And such good uh, symbology for what happens in this anime. All right. That is our non-spoiler stuff. We're going to go to spoiler section here in a second. But before we do, we need to announce our next anime. For those who do not want to be spoiled on Hell's Paradise, if we have sold you on going to watch it for yourself... And I think we can all say we re- highly recommend that you do. Oh yeah. Um, for a especially, I think like if you're if you've been into the the recent trend of shonen that have a horror element in them, this is another really good staple in it. Uh, but next anime is the dangers in my heart. Jason, can you tell us about this anime? <laughs> yeah, please. Um, I've seen quite a few clips on it. Um, Troy. You okay? Okay. Fine. Now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it's it seems to be a bit of a, a little bit of a comedy, but it's like middle schoolers, bloomy youth. I don't know Sounds too like much about it. The stuff you hate. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, all the clips I've seen were funny and uh, semi heartwarming, and I figured. We've had a, a run of intenser, and or well, we had a comedy, and then we had okay. You oh, didn't watch Don Machi. Did. You watched Don Machi. That's what you mean. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So I was like, you know what? Um, this this one has a good score. The stuff I have seen looks, you know, I I was happy with. I, nothing like made me cringe or anything. So I was like, let's try some outside the wheelbox. Did you did you uh, did you read the description on my anime list? I just am curious about that. No. Okay. Okay. I loved it. The description was amazing. <laughs> you should read it after after we finish. <laughs> Will do. Uh, I'll just say, from my point of view, we've done nothing but comedies, and <laughs> I feel like I've been chewing bubble gum for three days straight. I <laughs> just want a gosh dang decent meal. But hey, we have this anime, so I'm okay. Here's your meal. <laughs> I'm okay. And you know what? There are just a lot of comedy anime. They're going to happen. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And and it's this looked like fine. something we were gonna have to watch anyways, whether it's got I a high score. It or not. So yeah. I think you're right. Alright, let's go on to our spoiler warning <laughs> for Hell's Paradise. So spoiler warning is being dropped. We are going to reveal plot details, character details, theories that are probably wrong. Um those are the yeah. best kind. Yeah. That's what we specialize in. Mm-hmm. So, Hell's Paradise. The setting is Edo, Japan. We're in the times of samurai, of uh, Cherokee ninjas. Is that right? Shinobis? Shinobi. Cherokee. That's a Naruto. Sorry. Shinobi. That's a Naruto tune. I got Naruto stuff mixed up. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> no matter. No worries. They used replacement jutsu. I mean, come on. Yeah, There's at right? least a little Naruto in yeah. this. 
There Substitution. Is. And one of the characters has that head thing. <laughs> that's right. That's... <laughs> Anytime I see that, that's going to be Naruto for me. Don't bring up that character. <laughs> yeah, I know. So we start with a shinobi assassin who is been arrested and is about to be executed. And we watch as he goes through multiple, as they go through multiple attempts of trying to kill him. They try to behead him and his neck breaks the sword. They try to burn him and he walks out of the fire. They use oxes to try to rip him apart and he smashes them back together. Uh, and they use hot oil on him and he walks out of that too. And he's literally saying like, I want to die. <laughs> I don't want to keep living. This is terrible. <laughs> and he's being interviewed by this woman. So we're going to start with the the the, uh, the ninja. He is their, one of our two main characters. And his name is Gabimaru, also known as Gabimaru the Hollow, because he has no emotion, which we find out isn't really true anymore. Your guys' thoughts on Gabimaru? I like this character. Um, he definitely serves more of the purpose of the shonen protagonist than anything else. Um, I do like this setup of I, you know, I'm hollow. I don't have any emotions and I'm just a killing machine and how he kind of slowly transforms into, well, maybe there is more to life than because uh, because I she. So we find out real early that the this person interviewing him notices that he's subconsciously like preventing his death, even though he says he wants to his reactions are, are different. Um, I also like that his motivations slowly change from, uh, you know, purely uh, selfish to um, helping others because it serves his desires. Uh, I don't like what happens to him at the end of the season, but we'll get to that. Yeah, he's an interesting character because I, I agree he's got this sort of um, almost tropey shonen vibe where the character is a little bit more empty than the characters around them because they're, I don't know, I kind of want to say that they're usually the the power self fantasy of the player. Self-insert. Yeah, of the viewer, I should say. It's not a video game. Um, but... Uh, but it didn't bother me so much because they did call him the hollow. And so I thought that, okay, that's kind of interesting. You're actually tying it into his name. Like maybe that's another layer of applicability there. Um, and I, I really liked where they went with part of the end. I, I know where you're coming from. Cause we talked about it a little bit, Jason, and I agree with you, but there's a different part of that that I do like. Um, and I don't want to spoil it too soon because we do have, a long way to go, but, um, but I didn't mind there. If you're talking about the part, I think I'm talking, I think you're talking about, I'm, I'm actually pretty happy with that part too. So, okay. But if you're talking about the part that I think <laughs> you're talking about that he's talking about, I don't know what's happening, but, but I think I know what you know that I know. That he knows. I just try to give so, you a look into what the listeners are probably is, thinking right now yeah, as you allude to secret really stuff for later. <laughs> Keeping secrets. <laughs> podcast, guys. It's a podcast. Wait, I, have we done this before? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> We're both terrible and awesome at this. It's a yeah. counterbalance. Oh, yes. <laughs> Strong, so, but weak. <laughs> so he's all right. Um, yeah, I really don't have a lot to say 
about him beyond that. I have a lot of thoughts on Kabi Maru. <clears throat> because he is most he's our main main character for for the most part. He's probably one of the weakest parts for me of the whole series. And it's not that I dislike him. He he works fine for the purpose, but there's He's a character who's going from emotionless to to emotional, but I felt like he was more wavering back and forth rather than a steady progress of that. I felt like there like there'd be a scene where he would suddenly give like a bunch of advice to to the character Sagari, and then the next scene he'd be like, "No, I'm 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 emotionless again." And I'm like, "Ah, I, I feel like you changed, <laughs> and you now are trying to go back." And they do explain that, like he is trying to get used to this new version of himself. He is growing, so there's there's reason for it. I just felt like it was a little clunky. Uh, I'm gonna probably use that word a lot tonight. Uh, clunky. I also he, he's a character who every time he saves someone, you can bet five seconds ago he thought I should not save them, <laughs> and the yeah. anime does that over and over again. I should not save them. He saved them, like. We get it, and we do get it. <laughs> he could just save them, and we'll be like, "Oh, that's growth. That's that's not his way." We picked it up after the first fight, but they made sure to call out every time. So they're his arc is really unsubtle, and like I said, just a little janky for me. Even though it very much makes sense what they are trying to do with him, and and like what's going on with him. I don't know if I would have thought that he was still debating or noticing that you know i should have killed them or i should have let them die i think i might have thought he was more like the trophy the general trophy uh protagonist where oh he made that growth now he knows it's good to save and so his instinct becomes to save so i kind of wonder if maybe they did it too much but I, I do think there was probably at least sometimes they would need to point out that he's still struggling with it because he never masters his emotion. Right. Because, uh, yeah, I, I'm not saying they. I'm saying once once they show he's saving, I guess I'm like, OK, he's made that growth. We can move on. And you're saying like they're showing it. He hasn't gone fully where he just accepts that. Yeah. So I get what you're I get that. Yeah. I'll just leave it at he's a bit janky, but I don't like I don't mind him. I want to know I'm rooting for him in the fights he's in. Um, I love his combat style. <laughs> he just tears people apart with his bare hands if that's what he's got to yeah. do. Uh, so like, yeah, I, d I don't want to come off as complaining about the character. I, I, I the character is just fine, but there's a lot of other characters that I like more. And again, I think the characters are the weaker part of the series, which some people don't agree with. <clears throat> so let's <laughs> let's let's talk about this uh lady interview who viewing him because um he's brought into a room and they're like okay we're gonna actually execute you now and he's like sure you will um and she's there and she's like yeah i'm actually a samurai with the yamada clan and their job is they are both weapon testers and executioners they are master swordsmen for the shogun just for that purpose and her name is Sagari and she is here to be his executor and like she starts swinging at him and he starts dodging and realizing oh no she she can kill me she is capable of of a killing blow so let's talk about Sagari our other main character what do you guys think of her 
I really like this character. Um, I think her philosophy that she because this it, that's one of the things I really don't like about this anime. They spend a lot of time on philosophy and uh, like what does it mean to be a warrior? What does it mean to have a, your place within this world? You know, good and bad, strong and weak. Um, and she kind of embodies all of it within this character and kind of this middle path, like have rage, but calmness and like find the in between. Um, and I really like that. She, she kind of spouts this idealism of it's funny. We've got the, uh, action protagonists on one side, but then she's the, I'll be the hero protagonist on the other. <laughs> so it's like, they took a normal show, uh, shonen and uh, protagonist and split them into two people. Uh, but a yin and a but, yang, if you like, uh, uh-huh. almost <laughs> like a, uh, never mind. uh, <laughs> disappropriate balance. Something. Something. Uh, but what I, what I really appreciated about her is her, um, strong convictions of like meritocracy and like, because I am good at this thing and I've spent my life doing it. Um, I shouldn't, have to be relegated to the life that my, you know, the, this particular time period, the Edo time period would relegate me to, um, and then I'll show it. And I really liked, and again, the story does a really good job because there's, there's a scene where this dude that eats bear's head first is yeah. like punching at her and she's deflecting his blows and it does. And the anime does a really good job showing why that's possible and the power scaling is really well done so yeah i really like this character mm-hmm. yeah it does a really good job later <laughs> justifying it um like in this fight i was like okay you know it's it's shonen of course she is but i i didn't feel that it was believable or legitimate until later when they explained the basis of the power system in this particular show and i was like oh okay i, I get it now um, but I, I, I totally agree with you as far as like, she's, uh, you know, to flesh it out a little bit more, she, she is a woman in her clan. She's getting picked on because her dad is an executioner. Their whole clan is executioners. But for some reason, other people in the town, it, it's a big town with lots of people. And I don't know, at first I thought they were other kids that were going to her school, but maybe they were just other kids in the town. Um, and so like they're throwing rocks at her and ridiculing her for being the daughter of an executioner. So she's like, I'm going to be an executioner then screw you guys. <laughs> I'm going to go home and get a sword. Um, and, <laughs> and so she, uh, she did and she's really obsessed with it. And that is not what her role is supposed to be in that society. Her role is to grow up and pop out some more executioners. And so this is, this is something that she's getting a lot of, 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 uh, chaff for um, from other people in her own clan. And what's funny is that they're still letting her do it. And nobody seems to be like, at least in her memories that we get to see, nobody seems to be trying to convince her to stop or coming down hard on her for it. It's more of just looks of disapproval from her dad. And, you know, I don't know, maybe some of the other students are saying something we just didn't see a flashback of. Um, but that's enough to bug her because she knows. This is not the norm in their society. It's not what's commonplace. And so she's doing something unusual. 
and and it's bugged her and it stays with her as it's haunting her on her shoulder. And in this uh, in this season, we we kind of see her come to terms with it and uh, move beyond worrying about, you know, whether whether she needs to think about what the rest of her clan would want. I mean, there's one point where she's even like, um, they'll the the kids, everybody else will ridicule me if I don't because I'm the daughter of an executioner. But if I do, then I'm going to get ridiculed by my own family because I am, you know. And so, yeah, I, she's interesting um, as a character. She's also likable. Um, I don't know. There was something kind of heavy handed to me a little bit just about the the middle path with her. But I, I haven't really come to terms with what it is yet. So maybe I'll figure it out by the time we finish. Yeah, I, I'm I'm on the opposite. I'm the the Yang. <laughs> am I the Yang to that? Yang <laughs> is active. Uh, here we go. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh, God, he knows. Um, <laughs> I I probably one of my favorite characters really enjoyed what they were doing with her. You know, when, when a character's like, you can't do this, you are a woman. And I'm like, yeah, I get that's that's fits for the period. But we already also have a female ninja running around this. That feels yeah. like strong messaging anime. Um, <laughs> what, what, where are you going with that? And they're like, no, no, we're going somewhere with it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And and her whole thing of. No, I, yeah, I have empathy and softness and kindness, but I also have this executioner way of life of, of hardness. And the fact that she's both a killer who doesn't want to hurt anybody that, that, cause that's her big thing is she, she has a little bit of hesitation when, so when she executes, there is a moment of pain for her, um, for the prisoners that she executes mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to do that. Hey, another counterbalance. She has, she's all these conflicting two sides of things and continuously is, Okay, I need to bring them together. I need to walk down the middle path of that. Um, I was loving they were doing that with the character. We find out later that's it's much more than that. But I was just happy for the character that like, oh, that's really cool stuff they're doing with her. Uh, and I enjoyed every second of it. And she is very likable. I, yeah. I love a I stick to the rules no matter what goody goody <laughs> who then is in a situation that is not called for you need to knock that off right now we need to survive <laughs> yes keep your hands bound bound <laughs> do not so untie funny. them <laughs> uh so he had told her in the interview like the reason he's up for execution or he, he got caught is um he was forced to marry the village chief's daughter and she was so dumb. She was just so naive to the world and he couldn't stand her. So he ran away and they captured him and, and it was all a trap by the chiefs and now he's getting executed. Well, as, as he's dodging her, she's like, see, you don't want to die. And she shows him his reflection in her blade. I love that they were doing this and I, I, yeah. it upset me. They stopped the, the truth in the blade was always such a cool image, whatever they would show. And so she shows him himself and he realizes, oh, I'm, totally in love with my wife and she has changed me as a person and i want to live and see her and she's like i can give you a pardon if you complete a a quest for the shogun uh you just have to come with me and we'll do it and then the the guys that arrested him are like no they're not we're not gonna allow that and then he beats them all up with ninjutsu his power to catch on fire Yep. Uh, they haven't fully explained ninjutsu, even though I'm guessing it's most more of the same of the yeah. other power system. But yeah, he can catch stuff on fire. 
Mm-hmm. He knocks um, out all the guards. Uh, so I don't think he realized he was in love with his wife. I I think he just admitted it because he did already say. Then why did he want to die? Oh, he said that he wanted to die because there was no way he'd be able to actually get away. Um, they would come after him no matter what forever. Because the, the way that he describes it when she starts talking about his wife and she's like, yeah, you still care. Like you care about your wife. That's the one thing you care about. And he's like, yeah, I do. And then he comes up with like this whole backstory about how he went to the elder and wanted to leave with his wife. And like, I don't know. Did he like not do all that? And he just made it up because he just now realized that he was in love with his wife. He must have known like he had to have been in love with her to leave. This is probably one of the first examples of it's a little bit clunky. This doesn't. Mm-hmm. I get what you're trying to get to <laughs> and yeah. I like it. But also, it doesn't fully make sense with him being like, I hate all this. Just kill me. Oh, actually, I love my wife and I don't want to die. Well, and that's where the pardon, I think, was where he thinks that with that pardon, he'll now be protected. He can leave the the ninjas and they can't stop him. They can't follow him. They can't hunt him. So now there's a way that he can take his wife and go somewhere safe. Well, he accepts the, the pardon. And so in the next episode, they are uh, we learn a little bit more about her and her father, but he is brought with a bunch of criminals. They're all wearing wearing masks, but it's like a rope and over a little tiny washcloth on your face, which is the same thing that everybody wears when they're going to get executed. So like that's the symbolism of these guys are on death row. (laughs) Isn't it like it looks like a piece of paper, but yeah, could also be. Yeah, but point is a bunch of them they're brought before the shogun and they're given their quest which is they have to travel to what is called the afterlife you can call it paradise you can call it hell you can call it whatever you want but the after it's an island that they believe is the afterlife and they believe the elixir of life is there and they've already been sending people to this island and only a few have come back and every time they do come back they're covered in flowers and when i say covered in flowers i mean coming out of their eye sockets blossoming out of their skin branches and vines coming out of them and they show them (laughs) this is this is a terrible idea they show them hey look at this guy he's still kind of alive (laughs) and And of course all of them have this huge smile of bliss on their face too yeah the flower people yeah the flower people so this one criminal is like yeah i'm not doing this i'm out and then an executioner steps up and just cuts off his head um and they're told that, yeah, if, if you're out, then you go back to your execution. And so we are assigning each of you a monitor, your own executioner, who will take you to the island. And if you deviate from the quest at all, uh, or if they die, you're dead. Uh, another executioner will kill you if your monitor dies. So you have to both protect your monitor. They don't protect you. <laughs> that, that should be very clear. They're not there to protect you. They're there just to kill you if you fail. But then they're told there's way too many of you. So all of you with um like colored hair and <laughs> special outfits, you need to kill all these red shirts so that we can get to the yeah. main cast. There was one guy that had like an eye patch and I thought, oh, that guy's got an interesting enough design. He's probably going to be. Nope. <laughs> nope. He got Gabimaru'd. <laughs> so 
yeah, so these criminals start all bashing each other's brains in and, and murdering each other. Um, we see a, a couple try to attack the executioners, and, and Sagari kills a couple, but she does have a hes- moment of hesitation, which her her teacher... Uh, is Aizen her teacher? I think so. I think uh, the redhead guy? Redhead guy, Eyepatch, yep. Yes, yeah, um, that's his teacher. Definitely an important she, character. Or a senior student. It's, I believe that was like her, at least, at least like her lieutenant, or at least like yeah, that could be higher like, status. He was yeah. shown in her flashback, now. telling her like, "Hey, you you are giving them a moment of pain, just so you know, you need to do better." Mm-hmm. Anyway, she kills a couple guys. Then Gabimaro goes up to the shogun and is like, "Can we not kill people? I'm trying not to do that anymore." <laughs> So these criminals are like, hey, whoever kills him automatically gets to go. And then these criminals come up to him and he's like, don't. If you don't stop, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> and they're like, no, we can get you. He's like, all right, then I guess I can murder you. And he, with his bare hands, starts ripping through like six guys. Mm-hmm. Ends up out of the barrier, like in the water, blood dripping all over him. And everyone's like, oh, he's so brutal. <laughs> And he is. He is. <laughs> He's like kicking heads off you. and everything. Yep. I warned you. <laughs> and so mm. ten of them are chosen, and then they are sent to paradise. Now we jump. We don't get like any travel time or getting to meet any of these characters. Just ten unique-looking drawn people, <clears throat> ten executioners with them, and then we're on the island. And... and this was a bit of a jump for me. I kind of felt like we maybe had, could have taken some time to get there, but okay, we're there. And so now we need to talk about the island, what you guys thought of it. I love the slow reveal of the messed up state this thing is. Um, because you land, and I one of the first things they notice is, like, the f- flora is it, it's all it, not all of it but the majority of it is stuff that they recognize but none of it is supposed to be growing next to each other <laughs> like it's from different regions um and then uh, another thing that they notice is there's a bunch of religion a uh, religious iconography that's either twisted in some way or it's multiple religions that clash and mm-hmm. but they're being merged in some way um and I, I just I I found that fascinating that this was happening on this island, but the slow also the slow reveal of the dangers of the island were really neat too because we know people were coming back as you know flower corpses, um, but how they got to that was held onto for uh, I think the perfect amount of time, and I really um, I really found this place just absolutely fascinating so. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, absolutely loved it. There was uh, one of the lines where they were talking about how the different religions that were here, it was almost cosmetic. Like somebody was putting together this world, but they had only the the most surface level knowledge of each religion. And so they were like combining them poorly. And I, and I was thinking, is this a, a, a comment of like, how a lot of stories are told like is the are we are we doing a self-commentary on the authors like i only have surface knowledge of these religions so you're gonna see all of the symbolism from all of them 
And that doesn't seem to be where it, it went. I, at least I didn't get that impression as things went on. But at first, when I heard that, I thought, this is really cool. That would be a cool fourth wall thing for like, yeah, this world is actually being messed up by the author because the author didn't know what he was doing. Um, but yeah, as as it was, the world as it's created, this island as it's created is awesome. I love how there's like, you you never expect what comes next, right? And the the way that the creatures are designed is fascinating. I was kind of expecting that there were going to be more creatures because the ones we're introduced to are essentially moths and centipedes. And they're both very uh, unusual. <laughs> they have human qualities, shall we say. Um, <laughs> and I I didn't see any other smaller creatures, which kind of surprised me. Um, later, that's explained. It makes sense. Um, but then you also have like all of these giant creatures that just start walking around and showing up and the art for them is very like attack on Titan mixed with, um, what's that? Can't believe I don't remember the name. What's that uh, anime you really like, Jason? <laughs> Mushishi. Mushishi. Oh yeah, got, yeah. Like, I was just about to say that. Yes. Mushishi flavors. Thousand points to try. yes um right and so you you get like this really nice combination of creepy yet recognizable um and they're they're put together with different recognizable parts right so you got like fish combined with human or sometimes they're not recognizable at all it's just some kind of weird twisted thing and you're left wondering like what is the explanation for this it's just mystery after mystery that confronts you and it does so in such an imaginative way um that it absolutely pulled me in i loved it and the more i found about found out about the island the more intrigued i was um i did not see a a single false step taken with the world development that was really cool the the perfect encapsulation is a giant with legs coming out of his eye holes <laughs> yeah like there's no reason for that that doesn't serve any purpose uh-huh. that doesn't make him a better giant it actually could only make him worse why are legs coming out of his eye holes uh and there's a character who discusses it later that it's it's clear it's not random enough to be natural but it's not well made enough to be man-made so it's something else it's some kind of chaos that's making this um jeremy and pre-show used the word alien and that was that was perfect like it's just familiar enough but also impossible enough that it's unsettling even though this isn't really scary of an anime everything you see is just always unsettling the whole island is unsettling and it is the the backbone of this anime it it is what hooked me it is what i am here for the most is this this amazing creepy disturbing island that every and every layer gets weirder and like it's like when we meet the the rulers of the island it it didn't get better (laughs) like they were they were just as weird and bizarre and it was like oh man i'm digging everything that they are throwing at me with this island so yeah, then they'd stop the fight, and I'd be like, "Yeah, but what about those uh, butterflies with human faces? That's let's talk about those. <laughs> cool, yeah, yep. cool. Shonen fight, cool. But what about the legs coming out of the guy's eye holes? I need to know about that." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got real strong Land of the Lustrous vibes from this, where you, where you're left wondering, like, yeah. 
what yeah what are those enemies in the sky what what is going on with where did these rock people come from you know it's that same really creative storytelling all right so again that we're we're fully on the island um gabimaru and and sagari are pushing their way in he's he's committed he's going to get this uh this elixir to get back to his wife and we should talk a little bit about his wife um she her father branded her face so that no one would ever want to marry her when she was a child but he still forced gabimaru to marry her we're not really sure why and there's even some questions if <laughs> what is real but um she's she's a very nice person she's like hey you, you, she taught him manners and stuff which he's only now starting to use for the first time so he's going to get back to her and they come across another criminal and another executioner the the name is Keon the twisted and Kisho is the executioner and this is a guy with like a ton of weapons and this is right after Gabi Morrow breaks his his hand bindings He's like, well, yeah. we don't need those. She's like, no, the rules are your hands have to be bound the whole time. I could kill you if I for that. And he's like, um, this is a dangerous island. That seems like a that dumb idea. She's like, nope, that's the rule. And then he gets hit with this giant iron ball <laughs> this bad guy throws. <laughs> and he comes out of it and he's like, his hands aren't tied. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he fights him. And this guy has armor sewn into She's- his flesh. Yeah, and she still makes him tie his hands yeah, for the fight. Yeah, he has fight. to retie his hands for the fight. <laughs> which so makes like it harder. The guy, the guy keeps hitting him as he's just standing there tying his own bonds. <laughs> Weapons are breaking <laughs> against him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he and he, he kills the guy. And so the, the executioner takes the head and he's like, all right, I'm leaving. You got to quit following the rules so much. You know, we're here for the elixir of life. That's what really matters. That's what's going to make the, uh, the Shogun happy. So do that. Uh, he's not going to care if you came back and the guy had had to have his hands tied. Yeah. But he leaves, and I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's fine. He's a major character. Uh, He'll be coming back. <laughs> oh, Gabi Mar- Oh, the guy mentions, if we don't hurry, the Shogun's just going to send more. They'll send this guy's entire clan if they have to. And Gabi Mar- realizes, oh, the chief could come here. I have to hurry. So he decides, as soon as this guy's gone, he says, I'm killing Sagari. And he starts fighting her. He breaks her sword. He's attacking her. But every time he's about to get a killing blow, he stops himself and he can't get himself to do it. Um, she even comments, he's like, I've gotten weak. And she's like, no, you've gotten strong. Which, again, why? how did I miss the theme for so long? <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't worry. I was right there with you. <laughs> Good. Well, What's also interesting is that she's doing the same thing. Like, there's a couple of times where she's like, why didn't I swing my sword? I should have swung my sword right mm-hmm. there. And he even noticed and was like, that would have been a killing blow. Why didn't she swing her sword? Um, so without realizing it, well, maybe she is realizing it, but <laughs> but she's pulling punches, too. We jump over to a guy named um, Tamiya, who we'll talk about. Well, we can talk about Tamiya and Fuji now. So Tamiya is the the big guy with the beard. He wants to be the best swordsman ever. He wants to be immortal. And they're like, Oh, oh you want yeah. the elixir? He's like, no, I want to be a legend. Like, I just want people to talk about me. Um, and his, his executioner is like this guy morbidly obsessed with dissecting people. So whenever they're like, Hey, I'm going to go kill these people and I could dissect them. Oh, <laughs> let's go. So 
Um, thoughts dude. on this duo? I, I I put them together. They do play a bigger part later, but any thoughts on them? Oh, really? I thought they were all right. Um, it it was interesting to see that they made it to the end of the season because I I was for yeah. sure that they were going to get knocked off, uh, or at least the the dragon. Um, mm. but I think he serves a really cool moment where he gets stung and he's like, uh, nope. <laughs> hey, takes the hand right off. Yep. Yeah. One of the other things about him that I thought was really cool is that the only reason that he's up for execution is because he lost his temper <laughs> because somebody said, uh, you couldn't kill a real dragon. He's like, Oh, I'm going to destroy your house and kill you. You know? <laughs> because there was a dragon on the sign, so he yeah. broke the dragon. So, like, up until this point, he's just been a guy that's out there training his swordsmanship, right? Going from place to place, getting better. Not a criminal. Now, he may not necessarily have, like, he may be neutral neutral. Right? He, like, right. He's he's not going to seek the good of, of anything, but well, he isn't necessarily out there trying to do bad. He right. even states his intent is to kill every other criminal on this island first because he mm-hmm. doesn't really care about the quest. He cares about this is going to be some great fighting I'm about to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I find him really interesting because he's, in a way, the least criminal of the criminals. And you even see that, especially like in some of his interactions with um, oh, the little girl. May. Um, yeah, her name is May. I don't have her on here. Yeah. That's right. May Um, his interactions with May, where he's like immediately fatherly and protective. And, you know, it just you don't get criminal vibes from him in that. The closest thing you get is like competition. Like, I I want to see if I'm a better fighter than you are. So I'm going to trash talk you. Um, And so I liked him for that. He he stood out among the criminals as as interesting to me. This guy, this trope shows up in almost every show in an anime i can think of like bleach oh yep he's there oh yep there he is in that one um but i also love him like you said he's he almost always gets partnered with a young girl that sits on his shoulder like as soon as he put may on his shoulder i was like yeah that, that's right that's that's what you're supposed to do in a shonen you have the big <laughs> big dumb strong guy throws small sweet child on his shoulder and he's now better for it um uh-huh. so yeah, I like him. I'm excited that he's uh, still in the show. <laughs> yep. Um. Oh, and th- yeah. So he cuts off his hand. Then the giants show up. This is literally where we see the guy with the feet out of his out of his eye sockets. And Gabi Maru's faced with a fish man giant guy that he has to fight, and he does. He kills him. And he uses ninjutsu to do so. He even saves Sagari. This is the first I shouldn't save her, and then he does. Mm-hmm. And then we, uh, so I, I must have missed the scene. So at some point, oh, it was, sorry, it was in the last fight. Uh, the, the one guy was like, hey, how many people do you even think are still alive? And then it showed, like, half the characters are just dead now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, the 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 courtesan, uh, the guy the guy who could octopus his arms and he was gonna choke a guy he's dead. Um, they showed, yeah, the, the island's taking its toll. But they showed this character Yuzuhara as dead, and then she shows up in this scene, 
<laughs> and she's not dead because uh-huh. she's a liar. Yeah. So actually, you... I think that's one of my favorite things about the anime um, is there's a couple the or a couple threads that I'm pretty sure we're getting unreliable narrators. Oh, I love that. I'm, I'm just I'm loving it because we're getting mixed signals about stuff that we haven't seen. Like because the character will say this thing happened in this way, and then another character will probe them a bit or like think about well they've never done this. And like going, did it really happen that way though? Mm-hmm. And then like they don't resolve it, and so the audience is just like, wait, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. The char- we mentioned the character Aizen, red hair, eye patch. We see him get instantly killed by his criminal, even though he's supposed to be super powerful and strong. Uh, this this not just killed, this- eaten. Yeah, he's he's guarding a giant cannibal, and the giant cannibal like instantly just grabs him and kills him. But my mm-hmm. question is, do you guys think he's really dead? It's possible was- that the cannibal just ripped his arm off and ate that. It looked like his whole top half was missing. I agree. So... I, I do think he's dead, but his character design was so unique, and he showed yeah. up in like flashbacks and stuff, and I'm like, well, he's got to come back. <laughs> I mean, we've seen some pretty fantastical things on the island so far, so if he got help from somebody, maybe? But I, I have a feeling he's just gone. I'm curious. I, I have so. a, It's not really a theory, but more of a maybe they could go this route of if the island absorbs the bodies of certain people, they could come back on the other side as the Dyson, the priest's level mm-hmm. of, of alive. So, like, maybe Eisen could come back, but he's now on the other team. A certain other character who we all cry about, <laughs> uh, maybe his, he's not fully done. Because it's just like, there's... I'm glad that there's stakes to the show and that characters aren't immortal just for plot armor. But also, like, you spent a lot of time setting up this character, and then you just <laughs> so unceremoniously. He's first rank, too. You know how they keep talking about, like, ranks? Yeah, he yeah. Was, he was the most powerful. <sighs> okay, so... That small theory I have is that these these dead characters could come back on the other side later as eaten and then regenerated as plant people. That would be very interesting. Okay. Yuzuhara shows up and she's like, hey, let's form an alliance. And she uses sexy seduction jutsu on Gabimaru. He's like, I'm also a ninja and I'm married. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, I well, love these scenes like three times. He's he just grabs her wrist, twists, and then down to the ground. <laughs> yep. Your guys' thoughts on Yuzuhara? I like this character. Um, I like her design. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were saying that I was like, what, what does he mean by that? <laughs> right? No. Um, she's. Definitely the Ying to uh, Senta's Yang. Um, But what I really... (laughs) What? That means she's more passive? No, just the opposite. Ying to Yang. We don't understand the (laughs) symbology of the Ying Yang, Jeremy. Yeah. We're Bacchus. 
I would say she's more active. She'd be the yang to her yin. Okay, fine. That. <laughs> I kind of don't care. It doesn't detract okay. from the point. Um, <laughs> but I appreciated that she was... She's kind of the scoundrel of the group. Like, she's not... She's, she doesn't seem to be in it to kill just to kill for kill's sake. She seems to only do it when she really needs to either get like if it's to accomplish a goal and in the majority of cases she wants people alive in order to manipulate them. And the story does a really great job of it. Yeah, some of my favorite scenes with her is where other people are fighting and they're yelling at her, come on, help us! Come on, we made a deal. You got to hold up your end of the deal and help us fight. And she's like, okay. And so she grabs like her her little throwing dagger things. And she just, I'm cheering you. <laughs> Go, Gabimaru. <laughs> you can win. You can do it. <laughs> you know? But um, it's also really cool that she's got a very interesting uh, combat technique that she's constantly trying to keep secret, right? Like she doesn't want anybody to see it um, because she knows that's kind of her... That's that's it. Once it's out there, people are going to know what she can do. Um, and so she's she's very tricky that way. It was nice to see that, you know, she was a thinking character. Um, I wasn't sure they were going to make her a thinking character <laughs> the way they drew her. Not that I didn't enjoy it, too, but <laughs> it's not where I was sure they were going to go. <laughs> I absolutely love this character for... That she's not treacherous, because at first you're like, she seems treacherous. She's not. She won't backstab you just to backstab you. But she is takes care of herself first. If two people are hurt and she has two medicines, she will give one of them, this happens, she gives one of them a medicine, and I need the other one. Right? Mm-hmm. I can't give up a medicine that I might need for myself. And, you know, as soon as there's danger, she starts running. She's helped she hopes you run with her, but you know, she's got to survive, but she does fight when that's the option that best gets her to survive. So she doesn't, like you said, she cheerleads the one time, but then another time she does get in a fight. Cause she knows this is what I have to do. Um, I like that. She's not, it's not the, I'm automatically going to betray you. And, and mm-hmm. however, I think being the character who never makes the sacrificial play, is a huge death flag, and I'm super worried about her future because uh, that's like an automatic. My character awesome. arc is going to be self sacrifice. That's a good point, especially with what happens. I think that will have a long impact on her. Mm-hmm. Speaking of self sacrifice, we need to talk about Senta, her little <laughs> panda bear companion. Uh, he's one of the executioners, and he's just uh, a fat, lovable nerd. Yep, my favorite type of me. How are you, <laughs> what do you guys think of Senta? You just basically described him. Um, I do like that he's the the difference between him and Yuzu is that she lies to everyone but herself and he lies to only himself um that was that was neat i don't think i've seen that in storytelling before um and i you know he's trying to be something that he's not because he's allowing the world or at least this time period to tell him he must be a warrior he must be an executioner he must be a samurai 
um, which again is a great reflection of uh, uh, Sagari, where she's like, no, I'm going to be a warrior because I want to be. Um, and then also I, I appreciate him as a narrative device as well, because there's a lot of things within the story that kind of don't make sense or like the story needs to slow down a little bit. And he's like, hold up. We need more information. (laughs) So, yeah. And as someone who is wanting more information, I was always appreciative. Like Senta talks. I want Senta to have long monologues. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't help but think of it as like party composition, especially at that the moment where you had got to choose. Like, is Ashley going to die or is uh, that other guy in Mass Effect, you know, the, the other human? Clearly, I let him die. Um, <laughs> I did not care about him. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it was that same kind of thing where I'm like, oh, no, I, I'm playing too much Baldur's Gate. Oh, no, there's this moment of. You know, I've got to choose which character is going to die. Which one do I choose? And I was thinking, Senta's the scholar, and the other guy's like an amazing warrior. But you know, surely when they when they wrote this game, they took account that you might choose the scholar. So there's probably other benefits to having. I'm going to risk it. I'll take the scholar. But maybe that wouldn't have been the best decision here. Definitely, I've been playing too much Baldur's Gate. <laughs> yes, way too much. I, I I have no idea what you think of the character, but I know what you think of Baldur's Gate right now. <laughs> yeah. It's a great game. You should play it. Okay. Uh, eventually, they do agree to an alliance. There's also another guy there named Genji. Um, no reason we aren't talking about him. Uh, <laughs> He's super important. Contributes a lot. He's there as well. Um Sagani or Sagari passes out from the the butterfly dust. The butterfly scales are poisonous and they will knock you out. And then we meet the bandit siblings. So we've seen one of them a lot. Um, his name is Aza. He is a bandit king and he is basically your berserker type fighter. And his executioner is actually his brother disguised as an well went through the ranks of the yamada clan and became an executioner just to get him free from them in a month in a, in a month yeah and has now uh got them on this quest which he wants for himself he wants elixir for himself i'm pretty sure that's what he's here for yeah he yeah um aza. aza so aza and toma your guys' thoughts They, man, it just felt like um, Bakugo all over again. Um, <laughs> hey, Lawn It just felt like it almost felt like a boomerang storyline that just was in there to fill time. Um, their story is okay, but we only get small snippets of it. Um, just to continue to make it's like remember these two characters are over here doing their thing. Yeah, let's show them for a couple minutes, and then okay, now we're back to our main story. Um, yeah, it almost felt like hey, remember that there's other criminals on the island. Yeah, the, these guys. That's it. I don't know. They 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 weren't as compelling as the other characters, uh, and they were able to sh- give us some inf- more information about the island. 
um, specifically surrounding the Guardians, as well as like being able to merge with with it. But like, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of those two. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, I I just kind of found it weird that all of the other criminals were seemed to be way weaker than Gabimaru. But this guy is like catching up. And we don't ever see him fight Gabimaru, but I'm using other characters that they're fighting as like proxies to gauge their strength. And he's he's catching up so fast. His his key defining characteristic is adaptability. And the way the adaptability is used in this is that he just never really, really loses a battle. Like when he loses a battle, he loses it the way a Saiyan loses a battle. He'll come back twice as strong, right? Like that's it. <laughs> and and I don't find that compelling um, because I don't think he necessarily learns anything from his battles. He just gets better at battling, which is kind of weird because I'm not usually the person that cares about character growth, but... I do see it here as the the missing quality in him for me at least. I don't see anything about him that's changing. There's a little bit of reveal like we're learning a bit more about him and how yeah, he's a criminal and he's pretty horrible but you know, he wants to protect the purity and innocence of his brother, but it sounds like it's like cosmetic innocence of his brother. <laughs> Because his brother's pretty brutal as well. Like, I, I don't necessarily think he's super innocent and sweet. So he's not protecting him as, like, his personality or his what he's experienced. He's he's merely protecting, like, don't harm him. He, I'll cut my own eye out to make sure you don't cut my brother's eye out. You know, don't, don't do something horrible to him like that. Um, my biggest issue is his... I don't even want to call it power creep because it's not creep. It's like sprint. His power sprint. <laughs> it is it is crazy. And they there is the potential that they will have some really good explanation and consequence for it. And I think that could totally change my mind on the matter. Um, but as things stand right now, I absolutely find these two annoying Um and whenever they show up on the screen, I just kind of I'm I, I wait, <laughs> and I just want to go back to the uh, other any other characters. Give me any other character. I don't like these two. I was kind of in that boat at the beginning with them, and especially because I'm trying to figure out their relationship. Because like at one point, Aza abandons Toma because it seems like oh they're gonna get caught yeah. by the monsters, and Aza runs away. But then he comes back with a giant axe. He's like oh I just picked up one of their weapons and so it it changes the scene to he wasn't abandoning him he trusted that toma could handle himself mm-hmm. so there, there's this very much like slow play on on the relationship plus like you said protecting toma but not really making him do stuff toma doesn't want to do all the time but where they're going with the fact that aza has decided i'm gonna drink the blood and eat the flesh of everything we're killing and that's clearly, like you said, causing a power sprint in him, um, but is now starting to show physical signs of change. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by where that's going. Yeah. Um, also, I read a book once called Ruins? Ruin? 
But it was about these these uh, backpackers who end up on these Mayan ruins, and then when they try to leave, the um, the locals like chase them back onto it. They're not allowed to leave, and the whole book is about evil vines that kill you and they have to stay on this this old temple that is covered in vines and the vines slowly keep grabbing them the vines can talk um and one guy gets injured and he wakes up and the vine is climbed in his wound into his body and and i've been freaked out by (laughs) that imagery ever since i read that book it was very it's very much like when you read jaws for thinking about sharks right like vines are scary guys so when they're thrown in that vine pit i was so uncomfortable i was like no not again um yeah it which, sounds like a stephen king book jeez it, yeah. it wasn't but it was definitely yeah it was it, like like i said it does for, did for vines for me what the book jaws did for sharks for most people <laughs> You'll never be going into jungles. <laughs> yeah, dunna, it's. Uh, dunna, dunna. I, I can never get the imagery out of my head of like a vine growing into your own wound, and then you see it like in your leg, and ugh. especially when the anime is like doing it constantly. Yes, yes. So not only, like I said, this the whole island is very uncomfortable, but I ha- I have that specific <laughs> little fear, bit of a I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So that they um. They just kill some monsters like we kind of talked about, and he starts drinking their blood. Uh, when Sagari awakens, she's surprised that Gabimaro is there. This is where we get the scene with Genji, who's like, yo, woman, you should just go home. You, you should have never been uh, a samurai. Yeah. And she's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have. And then Gabimaro is like, hey, man, you, you should just do what you want. And you're way more. I, I, I And he keeps saying, I, I sense that you are more powerful than me. Mm-hmm. which. I love when we when we first started, Jeremy or no, Jason, you said, you know, a couple characters aren't going to die. I think the fact that we have two main characters means one of them is definitely going to die. And I have no idea which one it is. Mm, and I love I could, that. I could see that. And I think the stakes are high enough that where that could be the case. I don't think it'll happen anytime soon. That might be like mm. a season three or four yeah i i mean i can see him waiting till the end anywhere between the halfway point to the end making that that sacrifice um you know maybe going the gurren logan route killing the main character halfway or or you know waiting till the end to see only one gets to go home or both could survive but i do love by making two characters who are both which one is the shonen main character who's the one who's really going to get powerful um because they both have their own way they're both on the opposite Doing it kind of the opposite way. I I think that's great. Anyway, she um he gives uh, her that deep. Actually, you know what? I'll save my theory for later. Okay. Okay. So she decides I'm I'm gonna stay. And he attacks her with his sword. Oh, I skipped over a section. He does, but that hasn't happened yet. Because we Mm -hmm. need to talk about Tenza. And Nuru got Nuru guy, Nuru. Let's just call her Nuru. <laughs> Tenza is an executioner who has decided that his oh, criminal is yeah. innocent and needs to get out of here. And he's yeah. gonna take him back to the shogun and just plead for mercy. That's his plan. So he's <laughs> like, get on the boat. We're getting out of here. Um, and all, all they, she's like, by the way, you're supposed to think it's a boy, but it's. It's a girl. It's a girl. <laughs> it's clearly a girl from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, she points out, like, 
all the currents go back to the island. Uh, there's no current out, but they they find this wreckage and they get on the wreckage, and the the first executioner from the first fight who took the head and was like, "I'm going home." He's there with flowers coming out of his corpse with the, uh-huh. the heads there too with flowers. Yep, and then he's um, ripped in half. Yeah, so yep. they have to fight their way to another boat because their boat gets destroyed from giant kraken with faces tentacles. Yeah, with human faces on the and the tentacles. It's so good, so weird. And then, and then we see a map of like wreckage that builds a wall around the whole island, so you can get into the island, but you cannot get off of the island. That confused me. Like, wouldn't they have run into the wreckage getting into the island? Then you would think so. So, okay, we know, spoiler for down the road, that they need humans to make their elixir. Right. I think this whole thing is like Venus flytrap. Yeah, you can come in. They lower the wreckage. Come on in. <laughs> Have the Krakens, like, pull it apart. Yeah, let let the boats pass in and then, <laughs> and then close it up. I can see that. Except for, because we, we know someone's gotten out. I think they're allow, they allow the occasional human yeah. to escape. Curiosity. Yeah, come, to keep come. come back, come back. <laughs> Someone survived. We know we know there's something there. We have to keep trying. This is obviously fantastical. There has to be a reason to go back. Um, I think that's all intentional. I was also kind of wondering, just since we're on the topic of the boat and the guy that that was allowed to leave, I was wondering why are they allowing this guy? Why did they not burn everything as soon as the boat arrived? Like, are they not? worried the flower thing is contagious like but it's clearly not because you know why would you want that to be contagious if it was contagious it gets to the homeland then you don't have humans anymore they can't they can't come to your place so it can't be but they don't know that because the shogun's not worried about the people the shogun is worried about getting himself the eternal he was on stage with it though it was brought in like right next to it you're right he he, (laughs) He's not a smart shogun. No, that's true. He is a dumb shogun. I haven't seen a fight to the death before. This is going to be great. Reduce your numbers. Let's talk about Tenza and and new guy. What do you guys? What do you think of this team? Um, I they they did a very nice job, like making uh uh Nidu like innocent like the backstory um and i thought tenza's backstory also was compelling um and man did it make him man when he goes it hurts because mm-hmm. <laughs> he does so they did a really good job setting him up to be like this is not going to be someone that bites it because like he's got the headband he's got the I'm going to surpass my master backstory. He's got the super honorable. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to sacrifice anything to get this kid off this island. Like every shonen trope is just kind of dumped into this character. And this, I think him, him and eyepatch guy getting off really struck home for me that, okay, this is a anybody can go anime and I'm loving it. Yeah. 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 I mean, in addition to that, his backstory of being from the streets and then how difficult it was for him to get over his own issues with training and just submit to it to the point where he actually started enjoying it. And now he's a proud executioner of their clan. 
um, everything was there. And this was the, um, this was the openings, um, spoiler is that we see his body laying there all bloodied. And I was like, Oh, he's not going to make it. And then in addition to that, the way they handled the storytelling around him was a little bit awkward to me because they did some of his backstory and then they did like, or did they even do some of his backstory? I don't think they did his backstory until he was basically in a situation. There was no way he was getting out of. Right. It was the, yeah, it wasn't until he was in the fight. I think even after Shion shows up, the flashback Mm -hmm. start. Yeah. And so there is no way he's surviving the fight with the entity that shows up at this point. And then they go and they, they do a flashback and the flashback is touching. But because they chose to do it that way and I'd seen in the OP he was going to die and I saw how powerful this creature was. And this is going to be a showcase of this creature's power. So somebody's going to die. Um, probably going to be him. I found myself not let not allowing I could feel the anime trying to say, connect with this character, connect with this character. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> you're going to kill him. I'm not. You've, you've shown me your hand. You can't make me. You can't. And I still felt really bad when he died. Like it still hurt. But I kind of wish they changed that order a little bit. I wish they gave us some of his story before and they didn't show us that he was going to die in the LP because then I wouldn't have had that uh, hesitation. I I would have allowed myself to connect and it would have hit so much harder. And yeah, I know that sounds like masochism, but when it comes to good storytelling, you want the pain. You need the pain. Right. You've always been very (laughs) clear that you don't mind the emotional manipulation. You just don't want to notice it. (laughs) That's exactly right. I noticed it too much here. Uh, Yeah. This anime does death flag very hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Even sent us, death is like they start showing flashbacks yeah. for him is like oh that is gone no. well yeah make it out of this episode um yep i but i loved tenza he was the shonen protagonist i needed you know the <laughs> i'll do i'm gonna do the right thing i'm mm-hmm. kind of an idiot but yeah. um i'm gonna fight my way that. out of this <laughs> i i love that she's like samurai or idiot so then he starts using that against her like uh, samurai are idiots. You gotta tell me which way to go. You gotta tell me what you want to do, <laughs> so he can get her involved. Um, and then, yeah, they get they get back to shore. She takes off. <laughs> they start bathing. She, and he's like, "Pardon me for saying, but you have a very feminine, very feminine body." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, I'm a girl." Uh, I loved how she was playing on that too, because she's like. <gasps> We're going to get married just because it made him uncomfortable. And she kept playing on that. And it was actually really adorable. And also his response to that was one of the best I've seen in anime. He's like, no, we're not even going to talk about that because it's wrong for so many reasons right now. <laughs> I was like, thank you. I thought at one point he said, you. yeah, probably. But we need we can't talk about that right now or something like yeah, that. Exactly. And he admitted they, yeah, we're probably going to get married. Um mm-hmm. Which was super cute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like the characters. I'm still knowing what obviously what happens to Tenza. I'm now super invested in Nuru though, because mm. she has that connection and, um, same for this other character who's coming up that yeah. we'll talk about when he gets here. It's gonna they hurt real good beach. when she dies. Don't you dare. <laughs> Alright. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so 
now Genji is attacking <laughs> Sagari, and that giant cannibal guy shows up, smashes him. Um, he he's like, "Oh, I was wrong. Women can't fight. Here's my sword." <laughs> uh, Gabi Gabi Maro had showed up and started fighting, and so her and Gabi Maro joined together to fight. And it's great; they both have the same same line at the same time. Like, back me up. Um, yeah, that was cool. Uh, that was good. And and Yuzu cheers them from the sidelines, and <laughs> she's <laughs> she's pinned Senta to the yeah. tree so that he can't help. Because she doesn't want him to die, because she needs him to get back to the yep. mainland. Yep. So most of this episode is just a big fight with him. Um, you know, Gabimaro starts doing well, but then he gets knocked down, and Sagari has to defend. And this is where she's able to block his giant blows with her sword. Again, it doesn't make sense now, but <laughs> the power mm. system will be introduced soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they eventually use, they set the forest on fire to give him carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, God. Okay. The narration for this was killing me because I'm like, I know the era this is in. What you should be saying is something like, you know, smoke rises and when people breathe it, they fall down. They lose, you know, they start <laughs> coughing. Instead, it's like the carbon monoxide merges or combined attaches <laughs> to the hemoglobin and you know, I'm like what are you doing this is this is an old samurai show don't give me modern understanding <laughs> but it works and they get yeah. him knocked down and she's able to execute him and cut his head off and then we see that he was just a really hungry baby who just kept eating people <laughs> his parents and his parents, everyone. His parents yeah yeah i didn't feel sorry for him at all no. I did think it was kind of funny how, like, he, when he got really mad, he just started screaming and he still sounded like a little baby. <laughs> like, his voice was not deep like you would expect from a well, giant. Well, he got upset because his stomach was rumbling. Yeah. That's right. He starts screaming and crying so loud. Yeah. So they run from the fire, and they notice all the monsters are running towards the fire, but they're like, okay, we'll just go where the monsters came from. Um, and and uh, Yuzuhara is already there. They find a, an abandoned village. And then we switch back over to Aza and Toma, the, the brothers. And they come across um, two, two ladies necking in the woods. Mm-hmm. Naked, naked ladies. <laughs> okay, and it's creepy to say it, but these, like, they're ladies, but they're not complete ladies. Like, they don't have nipples. Right, there's there's no nipples <laughs> or genitalia, but there are a bunch of nude people. Yeah, and it is kind of funny how this anime loves to be like, all right, your top's off, <laughs> because they don't have any nipples. So I was like, it's not real nudity. It's fine. Yeah, it's It's like, constant. So Sailor Moon the, transformation entity doesn't count. Exactly. Yes. The way this is introduced and the way they turn towards these two mm. is the creepiest way mm -hmm. I've like I've seen that kind of like whenever I see that kind of animation I'm like run just yeah, yeah, yeah. go right because those are those be demons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so these are the Tensin who we're we're, we're going to talk about here in a second, um, but they're. So, so the scene is they come across these two ladies. The one lady's like, hey, you guys should join us. And the other one's like, no, I hate humans. Transforms into a man 
and starts attacking them. And oh. it, I was just like, I'm blown. Yeah. <laughs> I did not see any of this coming. When, yeah. when she suddenly shifted, like her chest got all big. And I was like, oh, yeah, run, run. They got to run. Yeah. got to run right they now. got to go. Yeah. So my my thoughts on the Tencent, and it's not just the sex, but it's the fact that they use sex as part of, like, they're getting strong. But there is the, – the word I kept coming up with is there is a perverseness to them, the way they treat other human beings, the way they treat each other. Everything is just – and I've never seen a shonen villain that's like that. They're usually evil or I want power to control people. These are like I want to experiment and get inside of you. And wait, is that sexual? Yeah, it kind of is. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> they got vines. I'm running. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, your guys' thoughts on the Tenson? These were super cool, creepy villains, and, or villain, because we're going <laughs> to find out that it's one that split into seven. Mm-hmm. Um. And, but now they have different personality. Anyways, it's a little complicated, but also kind of, like you said, perverse. And I actually think like this villain is, it's a, it's a very, it's kind of like the next level of bad guy, because not only are they using like, you know, what you might find Chi in, like, Dragon Ball Z, but then they've got their um, plant powers where they can regenerate. Um, yeah, they, they, these these guys are super cool. Yeah. This was um, really, really, like, it was amazing because when I saw in the OP, right, like, every single time it played, and I actually watched it a lot with this one because I love the song so much. It shows like there's this blonde dude and he's like uh, spooning a pink haired dude. It looks like it, although it's really hard to tell. It could be a girl at that point. I, I really genuinely couldn't tell. And so I was like, OK, those characters are clearly important um, and they just kind of disappear. And then this at this point, we see them and I'm like, OK, I know that's those characters because I mean, what are the odds that these two girls right, right. look just like them? But they're girls. Something's off. Here, something's <laughs> something's weird, and so when they shifted into the male form, or at least the blonde one did, I was like, "This is alien. I love it. This is exactly what I'm looking for." Where it's it's so unfathomable and unknowable that your your brain just latches on and says, "Okay, I need an explanation. I need to understand how this worked. Where did they come from? Where did they get this power? What are the limits? What are they going to do? What are their intentions? What do they want?" Um, and uh, and and what's the difference between them, right? Because if they're all, and we learn later, like you said, Jason, they're they're fragments of a larger personality, really. So like, what comes to the surface in each one, right? With this pink one, pink-haired one, she's like, "Hey, you want to fool around?" The other one's like, "Gross." <laughs> so there's some stark differences between these ones, and um, I, I'm I just absolutely fascinated with the the concept, the design. And then also how they tie it with their power system. Like, just the concept that the reason they change genders like that, which really, like, they're, they're changing sexes, they're changing sh- physical form. They're shapeshifters, but only between these two forms. Well, okay, that's not true. Right. Um, <laughs> they also have monster forms. Yeah. 
but like these are this seems to be the core of their two forms right the core of them is these two forms because that symbolizes the yin and yang and the reason they change is because they're literally circulating okay which one needs to be prominent right now do i need the active energy or do i shift back to the passive energy because they have to keep that balance it's not necessarily that they're accessing the active the male energy the yang it's that they need to circulate it so that it mixes so that they have a more middle level and thus higher power and so it's just it's absolutely fascinating um i love it it's intriguing um yeah i I love the way they designed them now jimmy i I need your encyclopedic knowledge here (laughs) so they're also from what i got based on flowers they are flower people and even each one is its own flower but don't flowers have male and female parts you got it yes they do that was not only the yang but yeah they're also shifting flowers yeah I absolutely loved that because I was like, when they do turn into their monster form and they're a flower, I was like, oh, they got pistols and stamens, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, this makes perfect sense. They're flower monsters. And then later they started explaining the yin and yang because I was like, okay, flower monsters doesn't really explain the Tao, right? Like this right. weird energy they're enveloping themselves with. So when they then explained that and tied it into it as well, I was like, okay, this is this is bliss. <laughs> I. I think my favorite thing about them, though, is that, you know, a lot of times when we have monsters, like what what's the scariest thing they can do? Well, when they capture their prey, they eat them. Mm. They are doing that. They are yeah. eating the people they capture, but just in a kind of roundabout way. And it's almost worse because there's almost like the end comes so slowly because they're turning them into their own eternal youth elixir. (laughs) And it's just like, that's so so cool. Like, they go to the island to look for the elixir, and it was in their bodies the whole time. It was within the whole time. (laughs) You're the elixir. (laughs) Uh, Also, that uh, lends even more credence to the idea that they knowingly sent that ship back with the guy with the flowers, because why would they let him leave? He's going to turn into Tao. Well, because it takes Tao to make Tao, right? Uh, so, send him out to get more. They're farming. That's right. Plants they're farming the human. Oh, oh so that's even better. The plants are farming humans. So, uh, so I just just to point out, like these little revelations that we have that you're, as you're watching it, and you're realizing. Not only is this cool, but it's layered and it's thought out and like everything they built on again, the, Hey, yeah, they're, they switch because they're yin yang, but they're also flowers, which are also female and male. There's, there's not just one reason for what's happening here. There's multiple stacked upon layers. The, the, the creativity making this idea is great. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. So Gabi Maro's group runs into may and a tree man named hogo now at first they don't get along they have to like fight hogo and they have to capture may and she's able to hurt gabi maro with a single punch he ties her up and she starts crying and the saga is like she's just a little girl and the tree guy's like don't hurt us i'll take you to the village and they're like we don't trust you and he's like i'll Give you information. We don't trust you. I'll give you a bath. <laughs> Yuzuharo, a bath, a bath. I get a bath. <laughs> deal, deal, deal. <laughs> um, so they they do go and they 
they do get to bathe. Um, and he's, he provides, you know, we, the, the elixirs on the middle of the island, that's where the gods, the, the Tensin exists. And then there's the middle ring, that's where the villagers lived. And then there was the outer ring where all the monsters, um, live. So he explains that to him. Um, May can't talk, but she has a scar that's across her back. We find out late, later what that is. Um, we get a, we get a scene of, uh, Sagari running a bathhouse so that they can get the bathhouse experience, um, which reminds Gabimaru of his wife again. Um, oh, and then we oh, come. I, I wanted to mention this was another scene where I was actually really impressed with the way this anime handled, uh, kids. Cause that is something that we complain about frequently. And I was wondering where it was going to go because when Gabimaru comes into the bathhouse, there's May, and, you know, she's not ready for anybody to come in, right? And that's the usual tropey situation. Right. But it wasn't sexual at all to Gabby Morrow. He's like, whatever, you know, people of all ages and both sexes bathe in the same place. He just, like, walks right past her. And right. then, uh, so that, like, removed all sexuality from it, which was fantastic. And then on top of that, uh, Sagari? Is that her name? Sagari. I always get it wrong. Sagari. Sag um, Sagari immediately is like, well, let's get some clothes on you. And then it just moved beyond it. And you never see that with anime. They always focus on this. So I just want yeah. to point that out and be like, good job. This was, this was cool. To be fair, they do then come back around and say that she was a slave for one purpose only. You are correct about that. <laughs> well, okay. They, but she was an adult fair, at the time. though. She was an old adult at the time. Yeah, she was older at yeah. the time. Which now people are very confused that they haven't seen it. <laughs> Wait, you just yeah. said she was a child. Uh, yeah, uh, we don't know her age. She she is a Tenson and she can change age. And yep. we don't know if it's her doing it or if it's triggered or why. Yeah. It seems to have something to do with how much Tau they use. So I'd get the impression that she just has so much Tau bottled up. When she's a little girl, and then when she used some of it, she grew again. But I don't know. That doesn't really make sense. Like, how did she get it? Because if she left yeah. when she was an adult, then was she been eating people? <laughs> like, I don't know. We go back to Tenza and Nuru, um, who are who again have been staying on the beach, and they run into their own Tencent. This is a orange mm -hmm. marigold, maybe. I don't know. Um, Could be. <laughs> This this one's personality is oh uh, I don't want to bother with this <laughs> yeah but uh, it attacks them and they they end up managing to to damage it they cut like when I say they damage it it's like they cut off its head and arms and and completely dismember it but it just starts regenerating back because um, guess what their weak, head's not their weak spot and so they run into the forest and they run into Shion who is the the teacher of Tenza and another executioner. He was the one who had been with the courtesan, and we thought he had died, but he actually had killed her for trying to seduce him after maybe he had a little bit of fun. But we don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know when it happened. <laughs> so let's talk about... I did, the, I, I, I did like that the imagery was a little different than the story he was telling. He was like, she tried to seduce me, so I ended it. 
but there was a little more than seducing going on in the imagery. Yes. So it seemed like there might have been a little uh, um, guilt. <laughs> so let's talk about Shio. Your guys' thoughts on the blind samurai. I am so afraid he's going to die soon. Um, but <laughs> yeah. he, I like him. Um, we, th- this is a common samurai storyline where master loses, uh, uh, loses student and is reluctant to teach again. Um, but we don't get a lot of focus on the, the student and they did a really good job with the way they structured this and that there was this new motivation to teach and then <laughs> goes bad. And then I ain't teaching again. And then, well, actually, I guess you are, but it's going to be a uh, field teaching. Um, so I I I like the way they handled that particular storyline because, like I said, it is a little tropey, but they did a good job with it. Um, I also like his uh, his determination. He's got the protagonist, the, the shonen protagonist. I will defeat all odds, no matter what. Um, also, his uh, his his blind jokes are great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little self deprecating humor. It always endears characters to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked Xion. He was a, he's a great character. I shouldn't say was. <laughs> I don't want to, <laughs> don't want to start thinking that way. He's there at the um, finale. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. He survived. Um, I really like this character. Uh, another thing that I thought called back to other, I don't know, maybe tropes that I've seen in a lot of Japanese film is the blind swordsman like this is this is a common thing you see and so it was kind of cool that you would have this character and that he would be this powerful now since we haven't really gone into it in great depth but um there is essentially a power source like ki chi um and this power source is something that you know if this blind guy is like using his other senses to fight it makes sense to me that he's tapping into this right as an explanation. So he was one of the characters that I thought, okay, this, this seems more reasonable that he would be able to, to make use of it now that he knows what it is. Maybe he can actually start thinking of it and like shift his paradigm. And suddenly it becomes more accessible and more Mm -hmm. useful. Um, something that he already knows what he's doing with. Um, so I liked him for that reason too. And then also the way that, He's he's really just a really nice, good guy at heart. Right. And so he's like, well, what are we going to do about your prisoner? We, you know, she can't she can't go back and maybe we should execute her so we can go back. You know, <laughs> and, and Tenzo's like, no, wait, wait, wait. And he just manages to convince him pretty easily. And the teacher's like, all right, sure, I'll help you. I'll help you free her. I'll help you save her. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, he's just, he's such a likable character, and he's so easily uh, sympathetic. Like you were saying, Jason, that story it's common and it's it's really easy to sympathize with. Actually, that that scene where he's like, "Hey, we we need to execute your prisoner." Um, after the flashback made a lot more sense. 
because Tenzo is a character who's like, why are we helping people? Well, why, why would we even bother? So I felt like he was testing them just to see, you got the, you got it right? Okay, he gets it right. Yeah. That's why Tenzo was like, no, I'm standing up for this. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, well. that's good. Um, I, I really liked him. He's, he's very tropey. Uh, he, he reminds me of like Zoro from One Piece or, you know, any of side swordsman character who just is there to have a really cool fight. He's never going to be main character material. He's just there to be really cool. But he was and it worked and, <laughs> and the blind jokes were great. I just, I thought he was the one who was going to die. Mm-hmm. I know the character is shown in the OP as dying. I thought it was a red herring. I thought, I thought, it, I did not see student die, master lives on. I thought for sure it was going to be master dies, student has to then power up to master's level and and uh, carry on. So him showing up, I thought, okay, Tenza's going to make it. Oh, good. Uh, sorry, cool blind dude, but uh, I'm glad Tenza's going to make it. Well, it doesn't. Uh, the Tencent catches back up. Uh, he does cut Xion's throat, but then Tenza fights him and gets Four holes punched in him instantly. One right under the throat and then you know, other spots. So he's got mm. holes. We start, this is where we start getting his whole flashback of, you know, he was an unruly, he was a street rat mugging people. The, the, Xion took him in as a student eventually. And the good old Aizen gave him advice. Good old <laughs> classic character Aizen who's always been in this anime. Um, that was weird. The thing that got me most about Tenza dying is he's like seeing a flashback of what his life would have been and he sees himself marrying Nuru. Yeah. And I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> anime, don't do this to me. <laughs> and, and I still wasn't sure. I was like, maybe he can survive the four holes because Xion's rushing in. And yeah, maybe Xion is the one who dies. And then Xion turned around and ran away, which was Ten- Tenza's big moment. Like, my throat's been punctured, but I need to scream anyway. And he goes, blah, 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 blah. He's, he's like, I just need to say run. And he's like, oh. That was a rough one. Well, and it, what made it even better was the fact that Xion's throat had been partially ripped out. So he's screaming back. It's like, both of them doing that. It was very guttural. Like, it really got you. Um. So after this, Gabi Maro sneaks away in the night, uh, and he finds the the gate to the the gods's village, and this same Tenzin finds him, who was coming back from this this fight with Tenzin, and is like, "Can you just leave, and I'll pretend I didn't find you? Because it's almost <laughs> the end of my turn to hunt for humans, and I want to be done." <laughs> But they end up having this big, huge battle. Beautiful, you know, we see just how powerful Gabimaro is without all the getting into the power leveling of this anime. Um, but And then the Tencent turns into a big flower monster, and he's getting electrocuted, and he's going to die. And Mei shows up, and she saves him with a shield, and they go tumbling down a cliff. And then Mei ages up. Um, oh, we get a scene of the Tenson having a meeting, and oh, they start with like so they're just brutal. they're just arguing over. Do you prefer the male or female form? Well, I like being in my female form. No, I like the male form. And this is when I noticed all the voice actors are the same. 
we need to talk about they have two voice actors playing the same seven characters and it's amazing <laughs> like they're each one's a little bit different but it's like oh that's the same voice but then they switch to their female form and they have to keep the same personality of, with a different voice actor that's that's cool that's cool yeah, impressive <laughs> really yeah that's yeah. A, i like that um but they also they the the orange guy that just showed back up um they start beating one guy beats <laughs> beats on him so he blows like, his head off. Yeah, blows his head off. You're so weak. And then the the leader's like, only I get to do that. <laughs> but the orange is like all withered and and brown because needs uh needs to drink. And then they all drink their elixir. And yeah, all good now. This is better than the scene where we see them all in the same room without any clothes on later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Not sure they need nope. to show that, but. Uh, it is also where we learn that they're the the same hermit who split himself into seven people, <clears throat> and then the tree guy explains that all the villagers have become tree people, which we saw a bunch of trees praying to the center of the island because then they lose their consciousness. The last thing they do is they go and pray, hoping that their spirit will get into heaven. And when mm-hmm. the bad guy shows up and he's like, "No, we we just told him that. Isn't that great? <laughs> That's just a story we made up." Wow. Um, right. All right. Oh, Tamiya is back. Tamiya and Fucha find uh, Gabi Maru. And so we get a, a couple of different scenes. It, it's Aza and Toma. They climb out of the pit that they were thrown in by the the, the blonde Tenzin. And um, they meet this like priest guy who serves the Tenzin. He's actually a plant guy. Same thing's happening to Gabi Maru and Tamiya, who have decided to join forces after, mm, should we fight each other? And like doing the imaginary fights. And Fuchi's like, that's dumb. That doesn't even count. It doesn't matter. That does, that's not how science works, guys. <laughs> I like that. I like that color. But basically, everyone starts learning about Tau. This is episode 10, and the anime has decided to tell us how their power system works <laughs> in their show and anime. And it's it's the energy between the yin and the yang. It's all about the, the middle way. Um, and like I said, I, when it just hit me like, Oh, that's why everything they've been doing makes sense now. Was, uh, Actually, the way they described it, I was like, oh, is this Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> the dark and light? Oh, no, 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 no. It's, no. it's the, the energy the light flows through everything. everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the force. <laughs> the power of, every, of the universe. I would um, take this over Star Wars. No. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay. All right, so... Aza becomes very proficient in it, but because he's been, we we already talked about, he's growing like something's growing inside of him. Yeah, I mean, it's literally one fight, and this monster guy is like, huh, he's barely got any. And so he starts fighting with him, and then he looks again, oh, he's got more now, but it's still nothing to be worried about. And then a few seconds later, oh crap, I'm dead. He he had a bag of sensu beans. Exactly. <laughs> I yes. I worry about you and this power system, Jeremy, because it is very much. Oh, he's weak. Oh, nope. Never mind. Super strong. He suddenly Same found fight. his cent- centralization, but it happens later to Sagari too. Which, and Gabi Maru. Yeah, they're super weak, and then suddenly, oh, they found their center, and suddenly mm-hmm. their tower just erupts, and yeah, not good. There's not going to be a number system here. <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah. I feel strong. <laughs> 
Yeah, see, I really, that's the one criticism that I have for it. But I think they put in some checks and balances for that, some some consequences. They're hinting at it for yeah. this guy, Aza. And then they also boom, come right out with it for uh, Gabimaru. Um, so it seems like something where, sure, maybe you can have this extreme burst of power if you just, you figure it out, you adapt to it, or in Gabimaru's case, you reframe your perspective and Shion. But people are vomiting blood. To me, vomiting blood doesn't even seem like an issue anymore. Like, that's just anime 101. Like, if you're in a fight, you're going to just barf blood at some point. Yeah, the amount of blood <laughs> loss that happens between these characters and nobody, like, they, just no consequences is amazing. Yeah, we'll just put some bandages on you after the fight. You'll be fine. <laughs> just take a bath. It'll be take good. A bath. It's like it's like in Baldur's Gate, you know? You just create uh, water around yourself and you're clean. You're no longer bloody from combat. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Okay. So, moving on. Aza <laughs> defeats his Doshi. Doshi's the name of those priest guys. Yeah. Meanwhile, Gabimaro and Tamiya are fighting theirs, and May is trying to train them in using Tao. And, and, and Tamiya's like, be strong, smack, smack, smack. She's like, no, strong, weak, strong, weak. I don't get it. Strong, strong, strong. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, really good. But. Um, the Doshi show two Doshi show up there, and they're like, "Oh, it's May. We've been looking for May. We need May. She's one of us. She was given." And they talk about how, like, for the different levels of Tao, there's different ways of training it. But one of the levels is sex, and uh, the Tenzin, because they can have both forms, don't. You know, they can naturally do that, but we needed a female, so they gave us May, and and they marked her and. Gabi Maro she here. Can't, she doesn't have a male form. She doesn't mm-hmm. have a male form, right? So she's, and neither do the Doshi don't have a female form, so they use May to achieve training. You guys, remember when but I said like, she, like I, have, that I have a great they, joke. There's a ton. Okay, but there's what makes it worse is like there's a bunch of these guys and one of her, and it pisses these. It pisses off. Uh, Gabi yeah. Maru and the other guy. And Tamiya. Yeah. yeah. You guys remember in Jujutsu Kaisen where watching movies made you stronger? And I said that was my favorite way to train in a power <laughs> system. You found a new favorite. It's number two now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was worth the wait. Yep. Yep. Totally. <laughs> I wrote that joke three days ago. <laughs> All right. Uh, Gabimaro is shown how to sense Tao by May. He's able to defeat both these guys super easily, except for then he passes out. Hmm. Then we get to... a barely convenience. <laughs> super easy. <laughs> Sagari's group reaches the, the gate, and the dark pink, not the bright pink, the dark pink Tencent. He has a name. It's mm-hmm. Mudan. Mudan? Mudan? But anyway, he shows up and he he's the one who's like, oh, yeah, the tree people, that was all a lie. And he explains this whole place is a science experiment. We're just. We're this just, isn't heaven. Yeah, this isn't heaven. Yeah. We're just alternate. And I think um, earlier Senta had thought, like, was there a guy back on the mainland who was mixing the two religions to form a group? Yeah. And so he's suspicious that that's what's going on here. Um, but yeah, so this pink guy's like, yeah, we're experimenting. and I'm super excited to see what you guys produce. So come inside with me. <laughs> They're like, okay, we're going to fight. So yeah. Yuzuhara 
Senta and Sagari all fight. Sagari is able to actually hurt him without him being able to heal from it because her Tau is the opposite of his Tau. Now her that tau I can't t- explain. I have no type? idea. That is a facet that at least from my understanding of like the Taoist philosophy of what they're doing here is outside of that. Yeah, but they said specifically like she was like anti-Tao, like she was poisoning him when she cut him. Yeah, but there should only be yin and yang. So like having a variation of a different kind of yin and yang, um, that's extra, which would be cool. Like if they want to if they want to do that, I think that's a great way to build on the power system. Um, but it's, it's definitely beyond the Taoist origin of their. As long as they don't go to Pokemon of like, oh, you're a fire type. I have to <laughs> I automatically lose. That's, yeah, there's that danger. Anyway, they they defeat him and they also learn, hey, you have to cut him in the navel because that's the center of the yin and yang Tao system. Mm-hmm. One of the so they, d- they do. And then they take a rest and Santos gives us his nice soft backstory about how he admires I... Yuzuhara. <laughs> I was so upset at this whole scene. I'm like, <gasps> what? He, he, this guy's been regenerating for how long? And you cut him down once and you're like, oh, okay, we can ignore him now. It's like, chop him what's up. happening? Chop him up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Double tap I'm time. Like, right? <laughs> yes. Nobody thinks, oh, maybe we should check yeah. on the immortal being we think we killed. <laughs> yep. Yep. I totally was right there with you. Okay. It couldn't so, be this easy. He comes back. He regenerates. He turns, starts turning into a monster, and he shoots a tentacle at Yuzuhara. Senta jumps in the way, gets stabbed, and it shows him like watching her and drawing her. But really, flowers are blooming <laughs> out of his eyes. Um, but they're saved by Shion, and, and uh, Nuru is also with him, and he takes on the monster, and then. Sagari and Nuru, who had Nuru has the power of healing hugs. <laughs> yeah, it's her towel. <laughs> yep, it's it doesn't heal it. It like charges their towel. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And she hugs aren't some. hugs aren't important, but she does like the hugs. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's just a hugs. touch will suffice. Also, <laughs> the funniest scene. I, this isn't really a funny anime, but this scene made me laugh out loud so much that it woke people in my house up. Um. Yuzuhara is putting her poison goo on them and she's licking Sagari's arm and Sagari's like is it necessary to lick me and she goes not at all (laughs) (laughs) that was that was a good random line the three battle uh the the two girls manage to pin the arms down and he goes to cut the abdomens of because when they're in the flower form they have both the male and female body sticking out and but Senta, who's still alive, yells out, "No, not that abdomen! It's a flower now. You have to hit it in the flower abdomen." Mm-hmm. And when he does, it's full of heads, full of the guy's heads. <laughs> and and the guy's like, "Oh, I get to die. That's gonna be so cool." And he's like, "He dies again." Perverse is the word that describes these villains. Like everything about them is just a, not not comfortable with you. <laughs> Yep. You can't live near a school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or society so, in general. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they kill him. Um and then yeah, they have enough he- they have two healing things and Yuzuhara's like, Well, I'm keeping one for me and I, I 
could help Senta, but then we'd have to carry him around. It would only help him a little bit, or I can use it on the blind guy who would then be back to full fighting form. So she just comforts Senta as he dies, and he dies in her arms happy. Also, I want to call out the great part where Shion started blossoming flowers from his body from little cuts, and then he just starts chopping the flowers out, which also happened in that book about the vines, and that was really creepy. Did the guy in the book also, like, rip one out with his teeth? No, he flayed himself alive. He died. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> what book is this? I don't think I want to read it. It's called, interesting. It was called Ruin, and it was it was really good and creepy. Okay. Or Ruins. It's Ruin or Ruins. Just look okay. for the one about Tentacle. Maybe both. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, um, it's a sequel. <laughs> okay, then we... So after they beat him, they go into a tower, a building to rest. And Shion is talking about like, yeah, using Tao can be dangerous. And Yuzuhara is like, it's weird that Gabimaru has a wife. Um, she points because he Gabimaru is like, yeah, I saw my chief get stabbed a bunch of times. And so I know he's immortal. So the elixir of life is real. This pink guy just told him it's not. And they're like, yeah, well, at my in my village, the chief pretends to get stabbed. It's an illusion to make kids think he's invincible, so they'll never challenge him. Also, assassins don't get wives. That's weird. So now, Sagari's like, I don't know if any of that was real. Gabimaro now has amnesia from overusing his towel. Mm-hmm. The towel was... is missing from his head. That's mm-hmm. how they showed it. Um, I did love this idea of, like, is the chief saw the chief saw him start to gain some humanity so to continue controlling him trick him into thinking he was married to a non-existent wife that that blew my mind i was like wait a second because there's so many um up to this point there's so many um inconsistent stories and unreliable narrators i was like that is totally possible and i love this idea yeah same here and like in the outro, there's actually some super imposition of uh, Sagari and his wife where they're like saying, OK, so is she going to fill the role of this non-existent person at some point, you know? And yeah. and uh, so that's really cool as well. And what that does for his character, like there were moments in the early part of it where I was like, OK, yeah, we get it. You really want to go home to your wife. It doesn't have to be your battle cry. I'm going to go home to my wife. Like every time he gets in a fight or needs to yell about his motivation, he's like, I got to go to my wife. And so now that made that so memorable that when they when they brought this up and we're like, yeah, no, she doesn't ex- may not exist. I was like, oh, all those times like this is such a motivation for him. It makes perfect sense that they would use this. Because what else are you going to send your assassin out there? Like, what is it? Is it payment? Is it loyalty? Like, what is the motivation for him to go and do this thing that takes away your humanity? It, like, robs you of it, turns you hollow. Um, It also means that his name, being The Hollow, has an application here, too. If his own history and wife isn't real, what is he? Like, how is he going to deal with that when he starts to realize it? Now here's a here's a theory based off that and what we talked about earlier. He comes to the realization that she isn't real. Yeah. Falls for uh Sagari and then she dies. Yeah, that would be good. I am really enjoying that there's not a ship between those two. I 
I, you know, as but much I, as I'm the, I'm the shipping guy, I get it. But I do enjoy when a guy and a girl can just be partners or, or friends and mm-hmm. like you, you don't have to bring them together. So I, I actually was super excited that he had a wife and that there wasn't going to be a romantic angle between these two yeah. characters. It was just two warriors respecting each other. Um, so I don't like that. Also, the, I don't want to burst theory bubbles. But in the first episode, oh, didn't, no. didn't Sagari say, I confirmed your wife is waiting for you? Yeah, but did she you confirm did. it with the guy that's like thing the illusion? I don't know. She didn't go into details. <laughs> yeah, she didn't the say that it. she. Yeah, she didn't say that she went to confirm it. She's maybe that's what she was told. Yeah, I, I bet the village elder was like, "Oh yeah, no, my daughter's real." <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll bet the wife is real. That's that's where I'd put my money. There were there was another shot where it showed like when he was trying to remember, it showed his wife's mouth and she got one of those uh, canonically evil anime smiles, and so I was like, okay, so does she really exist? But she's not at all like what he's remembering her to be like. Mm-hmm. But then also the question comes up: Where is he getting all these memories of her trying to tell him, you know, say thank you and killing's bad, yeah. and you know. If right. she's who, not really that like that, who, yeah, who put that in his head? I, I wonder if that's just how he's coping, right? So his parents were killed because they had a baby and wanted to leave. They didn't want to be assassins anymore. Right. So they were killed. So that means in his bloodline, if we're going to say that his personality is influenced by his bloodline, then maybe that's the part of his mind that's subconsciously mixing with the illusion to justify things he doesn't he's not allowed to think they still find a way in through the illusion if i'll just say it's bizarre if they are going <laughs> to do his memories were false and we gave him amnesia at the same time <laughs> yeah i don't like this amnesia angle i think it's weird and out of left field um he didn't even hit his head so i don't know i don't i, I don't think it fits in, he hit his towel um, yeah, he right. He got hit right in the towels, man. Right in the towel. <laughs> I'm gonna kick you in the towel. <laughs> I I agree with you that it, it creates a really weird situation that feels a little bit cheap. It's it's almost like okay, let's retread territory we've already gone through, because now he's got to, you know, how do we get him back to the point where he's yeah, protecting May, and back to the point where he's protecting Sagari. Now all he's thinking about is, well, if I need to, I can kill all three of these people by the campfire and be out before anything, you know. And so, like, it does feel cheap because it feels like a way to to say, I don't have, I don't have as much story to tell going forward. So let's rewind a little bit and retell this story. I, I get, I'm more okay with the amnesia than the fake wife. And again, it's just really? it's weird that the moment the moment he can't remember his wife, they're questioning if the wife even exists. It's just it's bizarre to do both at the same time. I would say that's just good storytelling. Like, uh, I mean, isn't that like that's the that's the fade to right? Like Wait, if you have. But like, so we're going to talk about the bad guy and then all of a sudden it cuts to a guy and you're like, oh, I guess that's the bad guy. That's just communicating to the audience. So what's the resolution? He gets his memories, his fake memories back and then has to realize they are fake memories. I think they're gone. I think the memories of his wife are going to be gone. 
Um, because when in his memories, what it showed is that he was he was sitting there trying to remember that. And he, he saw a flash of his wife touching his hand, but nobody was there. To me, that says, oh, OK, so it was an illusion and the illusion has been but, dispelled like he purified his mind with Tao. But the implication is, is that he's missing the top half of his head in the Tao and that if he gets that back, his memories will come back. At least that's that's the implication I got. He just needs a Tao yeah. hug. <laughs> yeah, probably. A th- right. hug? Huh? <laughs> no. No. Now you sound no. like a tension. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We need to wrap up. Uh, guys, final reviews. Jeremy, you go. What do you, what do you think? Absolutely loved it. I want to see more. Uh, five out of five. Fan, fantastic. All right, Jason? Great storytelling. Wonderful monsters. Great location. Fire e- uh, OP. Um, yeah, five out of five for me. This I I want season two right now. I yeah. I felt like a four most of the way, but it's a it is a five. It's a five just because how entertained I was, um, and how much I want to keep going. So the island alone makes it a five. We'll give it that. All right, our next anime is the dangers in my heart. If you missed that announcement, and if you would like to let us know what you think. Of Hell's Paradise, you can reach us on our Twitter account at Baka Podcast. Our X? Nope. The website, <laughs> theanimebakaclub.com. You can leave a comment section or comment there or leave a comment where you found the podcast. Look, man, if you change Captain Crunch to Admiral Crunchy, I'm calling it Captain Crunch still, okay? It is what I know it as. <laughs> what I love is the fact that it's still at the same domain. It's still at twitter.com. That just cracks me up because yeah. like everything is invested in that domain. If you change that domain, that's going to have a totally different effect. Look, I'm going to call it Twitter. I, no one's no one's wondering what I mean. Okay, so we're fine. Call it X Previously known as Twitter. Every, everyone can call it what they want. I'm choosing my choice. All right, let's let's say goodbye. Thanks for listening. My wife. Sayonara.